We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Welcome in, folks. Welcome in. It is December 5th, Monday morning. We're back at it. It's time for an episode of Broncos for Breakfast following another loss. The Broncos gripping defeat from the jaws of victory. I am Nick Kendall and joined by Scott Kennedy out there in Atlanta as we do all these morning shows. Scott, good to see you. How are you doing in our combined uh, loser Monday rather than victory Monday? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, the uh, the World Cup was probably more upsetting than, you know, mm-hmm. again, football. NFL football is work. I'm not going to get too worked up about any of that stuff. It's it's uh, interesting. And then, you know, we had a good day on Mile Huddle. About 700 people come in and looking forward to a good day with y'all today. Yeah, absolutely. And let's say hello to some folks in the chat. Obviously, we make the room before the show happens by about half an hour or an hour. So people can come in and say hi early on like we have Ethan here across the pond. Did the three lions win yesterday? I'm, as soon as USA lost, I'm like, I'm, I'm unplugged. They did, but I forgot to watch it. I got oh, into okay. what, you know, we, we went right to the gut reaction. I was going to watch it. And then I just saw a response of, you know, Declan rice help winning, you know, Declan rice is a Chelsea target that, uh, that he, they helped a comfortable win. So I guess they, they pretty much cruised against Senegal. Well, that's uh good for them. I'm, I'll be pulling for them over France and Spain. France and Spain are my least favorite teams. Also, I don't really like Argentina, um, but good to see you, uh, Ethan. We appreciate you. We got Colin Wood coming in. Good to see you, Colin, over on this channel, uh, saying that game was a capsule summary of the season. <laughs> the only way it would have been more of a capsule summary is if Montreal Washington fumbled the kickoff because uh, we just needed one more special teams ineptitude out there. But a missed kick also from way too deep is another one. Uh, Colin Wood coming in saying, just knew if we didn't score more than nine points, we'd never hold and we'd lose 10 to nine. Broncos. Scott, how many times did the Broncos get into the red zone this week? Over zero None. red zone trips. Yep. I mean, that's that's incredible. Hard to do. That's incredible yep. to say we never got into the red zone. Yep. Wow. I don't know that I've ever heard of that, honestly. I mean, I'm sure it's happened, but it might not even be the only time the Broncos have done that this season. I don't I mean, I don't know that I've ever heard of that happen. I'm sure it has. There was but a game this year. Goodness, that's a that's a level, that's a benchmark of ineptitude that's going to be hard to match. I agree with you completely. There might have been a game this year where the Broncos didn't get into the red zone, but they scored touchdowns. I cannot remember what game it was because that counts like, though. Come on. I don't know if you score from outside of the red zone. I don't know if it's logged as a red zone trip. I'm counting it because you cross the 25 with the ball or yeah, the 20 yeah. with the ball. Yeah. 
Uh, man, Aaron P coming in. Five losses were there for the taking this what season. What the hell does yeah. this have to do with anything, Aki? I can get inside the red zone and miss a field goal and get shut out all the time. I can go down in there and get stoned at the fourth and one and, and not score. I saw it happen with the Broncos a couple times where they fumbled the ball twice mm-hmm. against the Seahawks. A shutout and getting into the red zone are two completely different things. Come on, man. Be better. <laughs> well, we got um, we got Colin also saying just keep pounding Latavius Murray. 17 carries for 47 yards. We have absolutely no splash uh, on this offense at all, and we'll get into it here. Uh, Jeremy, Sean, morning all. Am I crazy to think if we scored 30 points, the defense would give up 31? That deal we made for Super Bowl 50 seems to be ironclad. Yep, another, what is it, another decade here or something. I think that's what the deal is. Uh, Eli coming in saying they just don't upset me anymore. They find a way the O-line is trash and the D-line is trash. Go ahead. Hit hit this one real quick, Nick, just because, you know, we've talked about rock bottom. And Eli kind of says it for me. He says, I I don't, they don't upset me anymore. So for me, you know, rock bottom was Raiders. You know, that was, you know, losing back-to-back games this season to the Raiders, to Josh McDaniels. That was the lowest. Now you're just kind of skipping along the same. So anyway, we can debate rock bottom here or there. But Eli speaks to what I've been saying as far as what rock bottom is. This this, this isn't rock bottom. Losing the Panthers went rock bottom. You you found it already. You're still there. I mean, yeah. it was it was the Raiders again. I still feel like it was the Panthers because that was not even like close. <laughs> right, I didn't the get whole that time. Too. Yeah, like at least the Raiders game, they put up points that first half. You had some hope in the offense. This one, you had some hope because the defense played well. You won the turnover battle by plus two. I mean, the, the chances of losing football games when you win the, your turnover margins plus two has got to be, you know, like nine and ten, uh, nine wins, one loss. So uh, pretty unfortunate to see that happen. Protect the football and still just could be completely inept. Kathy Lund, sad trombone noise. Absolutely. Ryan coming in saying, good morning, Broncos country. No talent on the offensive side of the ball currently besides Judy Dulcich and Javante. When and if he's back 100%, need to draft playmaker, playmakers and get an offensive line, of course. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the big takeaway in this game, I think. And this is, I'm going to have a really hard time coming back and teasing apart this game from a Russell Wilson perspective. Now, what do I mean by that? And Scott, you kind of talked about it before our Falcons game here. Mm-hmm. This game was play called and executed very much like a, we are scared to death of Drew Locke making a mistake kind of game. Now, what do I mean by that? The, Average yards per attempt were low. The type of chances they were taking were low, running your head into a brick wall. And the play calling was very much, we do not trust our offense to move the ball in that kind of fashion against this defense. Now, some of that might be because of the struggles of Russell Wilson. We saw in the the uh, Panthers game when the Broncos were behind early and they had to function in that drop back game. It was ugly uh, from the just the functioning of the drop back pass game. So you want to limit that. You want to run the football. You want to do play action, et cetera, et cetera. And that's all fine and good. I think other than the lack of talent on the offense, but is the play calling because you don't trust Russell Wilson and you're limited to calling that kind of offense for him. Or is it the Broncos offensive line pass catchers running game are so terrible that you can't even do anything else. It's It really felt like a hollow stat line game for me, kind of like we saw with Drew Locke at the end of last season. Well, and that's where this one was a little disheartening because it's like, okay, get Russ playing better and you're going to be fine. Russ didn't play bad. Russ no. executed the game plan. He was 17 to 22, had an over had 106 passer rating. Um, the, the ones he missed were deep shots down the field, were long yeah. passes for the most part. And you still were totally inept on offense that that's a, a little scary nick 
when you're thinking about how quickly can this turn around, I do think, as Ryan says, you get some of these weapons back, that'll help. Latavius Murray is fine going straight, but give him the ball 25 times, 20 of them he thinks he's a scat back. Yeah, I can't tell you how many times I saw him stop, shuffle his feet and go. I'm like, dude, no. North-South. That's yeah, that's not that's not going to be you. That's not going to be your game. It may have been at one point, but it ain't now. Yeah. Um, but again, this is a guy you picked off of a practice squad midseason. You know, what, what are you expecting? Um, from, you know, getting open... The plays that were working were obviously plays that should work if you can get a little time. Nice play action, little waggles. Those ended up being very successful for Russell Wilson. All of his down-the-field shots that were successful came on play action. Mm-hmm. Um, that's good. But I, this is one – I don't typically watch – again, like I say, I'm normally watching individuals. I really like the trench play um, around the lines of scrimmage, but I, I marked about six or seven different plays where I wanted to see the all 22 to see who was open. Yeah. What kind of separation, what kind of route trees, what's happening down the field? Because the ball's not getting downfield to receivers. Yeah. And are they getting open or not? I mean, losing KJ Hamler, Tim Patrick and Jerry Judy being limited in this game and Cortland Sutton. I mean, the guy needs to see a shrink or something right now. Yeah, but he only had one target and it was a bad pass from Russell Wilson. He was open and he threw it, you know, beyond an arm length behind him and low in the dirt on a play that they set up. That was easy for the taking and the quick game wasn't there, but uh, it's uh here we are again. Uh, Luke Wright coming in saying, good morning, Nick and Scott. Is it time to do some mock drafts? We'll be getting into them soon. We're waiting. I'm waiting for the uh, draft network um, one to be up and running. I don't think it is yet because I just haven't seen it. Yet. And I absolutely despise the pro football network. I like, I like a lot of people who work for pro football network, not to get them, you know, disparage the whole company, but I don't like their mock draft simulator at all because we'll be doing mocks and we're going to be getting Jalen Carter at pick 25 for the Broncos and <laughs> half of them. Um, so I, I don't like their uh, simulator algorithm that much. So waiting for pro football network, we might get into the PFF one as well. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? 
Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. At some point. Uh, Miguel, Miguel breaking the ice with the stars. Yeah. Thank you, Miguel. He says, good morning, Pellas. Punter in the first round. Just kidding. Hoping Jimmy G goes down, helps the draft position. Looking for something positive. Waitman had a bad game. He I mean, sucked. There was, there was lots going wrong in this. And again, you know, what's the the snake at the head, or you know, some there's some phrase in there that you know it it, it starts at the top, and th- it's it's a game like this where there is so much like, oh, it's not just Russ playing out. Russ didn't play that bad. No, it's where. On the whole, it seemed like you played okay, but could only score nine points. And that was, you know, again, gifted a couple of turnovers, um, you know, not getting in the red zone. And your special teams were a disaster again. Um, Your defense, you know, buckling eventually, which is going to happen. We can get into that discussion too. We happened happened last night and I've come up with all kinds of analogies Um, that – Nathaniel Hackett's got to go. I mean, you, yeah. you can't, he, he's, he's got to be gone. Yeah. It's, he's going to be gone and uh, not breaking news on this one, but I did talk to a few people yesterday after the game, you know, returning from being out there in Baltimore. And uh, it does seem like the scales have tipped for George Payton as well, potentially not being back with how this team has looked. And, you know, that's the first time I've actually heard it for like, it sounds more likely that he's gone than he's back uh, before for it had Payton. been for Peyton. This is the first time I've heard that. So yeah, he won't have any trouble finding another job. I don't think no director um, of scouting assistant general manager. He'll be okay. But um, first round mocks coming our way. And uh, you're right. Um, I was pretty bummed that the dolphins ended up losing that game yesterday because the 49ers not making the playoffs versus making the playoffs is a big difference. And they still end up beating a very talented dolphins team. Shout out to uh, D'Amico Ryan. Who's got that defense for the 49ers playing amazing. He's going to be a good head coach somewhere in the near future. I've heard that he might be tabbed or earmarked for the Alabama gig whenever Saban decides to hang it up, but uh, we'll see what happens. And right on cue point I wanted to make here. Thank you, Ethan, for teeing it up for me. And thanks for Scott for pulling it up saying uh, Josh Johnson will look good in San Francisco. Broncos whiffed on Shani. Shake my head. Yeah. Kyle Shanahan. What a mistake missing on him. And then also missing Mike McDaniel fun game. That last one um, appreciated. It. it was a fun back and forth game. And uh, Josh Johnson was picked up by the 49ers off the Broncos practice squad. Probably be the Brock Purdy show out there going forward, which is Brock Purdy. I, I Owen four in his career, Owen five versus the Iowa Hawkeyes, something like that. But uh, we'll see how it goes in the 49ers path to the playoffs. Just got a lot harder. And now they very much look like a one and done team if they do make the playoffs, because I, I can't see it with Brock Purdy at quarterback. On the whole, this move looks really strange. Yeah. You know, you're to say, OK, where are we going to go get a quarterback? Let's look at the Broncos. You know, I know. But Josh Johnson should have been the backup earlier this year. He should have gotten the start. Yeah. I think he is a much more pro-ready guy than Brett Rippon's ever going to be. No offense to Brett Rippon, but he's just physically limited. Um, and good good for Josh Johnson. This is his third stint. I think he's played on 14 teams. This is his third stint with the 49ers. 
So um, another reason to watch the 49ers and see how they do. And Ruben on Facebook comes in. Appreciate you, Ethan, as always, coming in with the coming in orange, Broncos orange with the poundage this morning, kicking us off on YouTube with the super chats. And Ruben says, you can't just play okay when you're making 250 million. Oh, don't don't get me wrong on this. No, we're we can get into this. Feels like a little bit of a newer name, though. I Ruben. I recognize it. We've talked ad nauseum about Russell Wilson. So don't get me wrong on this. Your options with Russell Wilson are very, very limited for the next two years. So he's he's going to be in Denver. So when we're talking about how does this team get better quickly, you think, okay, Russell Wilson has to play better. Okay, he does. And can he? That's a whole other question we've hit on a zillion times and we will continue to hit on. Can he get better? Who can help him get better? It's just that I saw so many other things that I hadn't necessarily seen coming into, you know, what we saw was Russell Wilson playing okay. He hasn't been okay. He's been pretty bad. Yep. He, he had a good game. He executed the game plan, and your offense was still terrible. That's that's bad. That's that's what's scary. Is if you get a seventeen out of twenty two out of Russell Wilson with a hundred and five rating and can't get into the red zone, then it's not all on Russell Wilson. For goodness sakes, as as I think we 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 know we can assign percentages of blame. But no, I no, Ruben Russell Wilson's been a bust of a deal on several levels. Don't 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 get me wrong on that one. And again, I come back to it. It's really hard to evaluate Russell Wilson in this one because the play calling was scared to death out there and uh, super conservative. And it's hard to evaluate. Is it because they don't trust Russell Wilson, who's looked terrible this season? Is it because of the infrastructure around Russell Wilson is super limited? I mean, I think this kind of offense and play calling can work if you have a competent running game rather than bashing your head against the wall with Latavius Murray with no push. If you have somebody that can make a play down the field in the pass game, which we didn't have. So it's uh, I think the run game with the play action deep passes is the way to go, but you need to have starting level personnel right now. And right now you're playing replacement level practice squad guys at a lot of these spots. I mean, Sorry to the Broncos running backs, but they literally are practice squad guys that they brought in. You called up Kendall Hinton and Brandon Johnson, practice squad guys. That's that's what you're dealing with right now. Kevin G, $2, saying replace wash on returns. Haven't seen uh, squat replace Montreal Washington, Washington on kick, yes. kick and punt returns. Oh, I'm going to lose my freaking <laughs> mind on special teams, Scott. I am just on Twitter screaming about special teams every single game. Now, credit to, I guess, credit to Brandon McManus. Uh, he's the only one who's been at least above average on the special teams unit, but the punter has been horrible. Corliss Waitman averaged 41 yards a punt. He, and ironically is only one good punt of the day is the one that the Ravens then marched 91 yards down the field to score a touchdown, but he's been horrible out there. And that's not just the punting too. He's been terrible on holds. Many kicks this season have been missed because Corliss Waitman is an inept at holding and had bad uh, snap exchange on the snap to kick. Uh, so that's an issue. And Montreal, Washington, the Broncos would be better. If he, if he just was back there as a decoy on a lot of these punts and the ball bounced into the end zone, because I don't think he took one past the 20 in this game that I can recall, maybe not one past the 25 and he's got absolutely no wiggle room. Uh, he's super loose with the ball. I mean, he has been horrible. And then you talk about getting him on the offensive side of the ball. I really just need to stick to my guns more on my draft takes. Cause I was pissed off when the Broncos took Benito at 64. How many snacks did Benito, how many snaps did Benito play this week? One he's healthy. Wow. He played one snap. That's your 64th overall pick out there. 
Uh, Montreal Washington. What the hell? You have Tariq Woolen out there who makes incredible plays on the ball this week, and the San Francisco or the Seahawks beat the Rams. Uh, Montreal Washington looks horrible out there. Wow, the I mean, Seahawks got both of our guys in those picks, then, huh? Because yep. you know Abe Lucas was my guy. Yep. Uh, at right tackle, and then Tariq Woolen. We must have picked him a hundred times too. You know, yep. a six four four three guy. I'm like, I'll find a spot for that dude. Yep. Both those guys. One of them, MIA, uh, not out there on the field because they trust him so little against the run that they don't even play him in a team that's very mesh point option oriented with the quarterback. And then Montreal Washington is horrible. I mean, if it's if for a small school, not super dynamic athlete testing wise, uh, return guy, if he can actually like return service wise uh, and make a difference in the return game, I'm okay with that usage of that pick. Honestly, if it's if you need to get somebody who's an athletic specimen though at that level, and he's been Montreal Washington has been horrible and it's not just the lack of wiggle or explosiveness with the ball in his hands it's returning i mean a few of the punts here he had his foot on the i think the, the rule is your heel on the eight yard line is typically what they tell for the uh, the returners and if it goes over your head do not return it he returned one where he almost ran back into the back of the end zone to catch it and run it out i think he caught it on the three yard line and then ran it out and got tackled on like the eight or something it's like oh my god are you free i mean th- so many stupid low IQ plays from this team top to bottom and special teams because the offense is so bad. We don't talk about it enough, but they're terrible. And we didn't even talk about the, the coverage units as well. It's not just Montreal, Washington. It's the blockers in front of him. It's the punt coverage teams. If somebody should go send a edible arrangement uh, to the Ravens special teams coordinator and their returner, because there was multiple kicks in this one where they fair caught it on a like 3.5 second hang time punt. And there's nobody near him. I mean, there's one guy uh, near him. And uh, you make that guy miss, and it's, you know, a 30, 40 yard punt return rather than a fair catch. And they be aggressive against this Corliss Waitman punt unit right now because there's no hang time. Nobody's getting down the field. Colin comes in asking about special teams. He says, Is Jalen Virgil a kick returner? My initial thought, uh, Colin, because he is a, a sprinter, he's a track guy, was yes, I could use him to return kicks because that's more of pick a lane and run as fast as you can in one direction with maybe a quick shift as opposed to a punt returner which is change directions quickly and then find a spot. Yeah. So my initial reaction was, yes, I think you could probably use him on kick returns and not punt returns. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So while Nick was ranting, I went and looked up his college stuff. And yes, Colin, uh, Jalen Virgil was second team all conference at App State uh, in 2021 as a kick returner. So you could absolutely use him as a kickoff return guy. Absolutely. And they tried to uh, against the Panthers last week. And on his one kick return, what happens? Did he fumble? He fumbles the ball. So (laughs) it's it's, uh, just an unbelievable level, level of suckage from the special teams. And I... 
I've kind of made my bed with the offense being terrible with all the injuries. Your special teams freaking sucks. They're, they're laughably terrible. And I, that just, that's, you lose it in the margins, more pre-snap penalties, procedural errors, and special teams. Why are these Broncos losing these games? I mean, obviously, offense one, is number one. score one. games, one-point games. How, how many, if you were just even average in those areas, let alone dead last in the NFL, which the Broncos are dead last in procedural penalties and special teams, you probably are sitting there at about 500. I mean, for, for real, you're probably sitting there at about 500 this year. <sighs> Ryan Thompson coming in says, if Russ is a team player, he would restructure his contract and use the money towards the offensive line. I love it when people have this point of view, and I understand that. I would be really skeptical that happens. And I also think with the restructure of this contract probably means the Broncos are even more indebted to Russell Wilson long-term in terms of guaranteed money. It's going to be really painful, but I think right now the Broncos might rather have that post-June 1st designation following next season in the 2024 offseason to move on from him and cut that dead cap hit to like 35 and. 49 million over two different years, which is crazy, but it's an option right now uh, for where this team is at. So I don't think it, that'll happen. And that's where an increase in the salary cap can help you. As far yes. as team rebuilding, we talk about, okay, the salary, we'll have more money to spend on free agents. Well, so will everybody else. So that doesn't really affect, that just means the current group of players, the, the finite talent pool that's available will be getting more share of the money mm -hmm. where it can help you is when you've got a fixed cost, like a, like a dead cap cost that already happens. Okay, that's not going up. If it's $50 million and my my cap is 200, well, okay. But if my cap goes up to 250, well, now I've got an extra $50 million to spend. So that's where the dead cap number is really where the increase in salary cap can help you because it's like, oh, the cap's going up. Yeah, but it's going up for everybody else. So that doesn't really help you get more players where it does help is offset that make a decision like that yeah. with the dead cap number. And um, I answered in the chat. We, we talk about a lot. One players don't give back money. Um, they, it's just, it goes against everything in their being, you know, they've been, especially it, it'll, it might change later on now that they're getting paid, you know, in high school with NILs coming up, but they've been, used and exploited for other people's profits since they were 12, 13 years old. They don't give back money. No. In order to restructure, one of two things needs to happen. You have to have some leverage. I can restructure Graham Glasgow because I can cut him. Yep. I can say, I'm not paying you 14. I'll eat the $2 million dead cap, or you can come back for four. Okay. That's what happened to Graham before. He's going to get cut or you can't do that with Russell Wilson. And typically when you restructure some players to free up cap space because it's a player you still want, you add years. The last thing you want to do is add years on Russell Wilson's contract. You don't want to kick that can down the road. And, and frankly, Nick, his cap number isn't that high next year. No. You know, when we talk about um, he's only got like a 22 or $23 million cap hit next year. Yep. You know, so the, the, the more likely thing, you know, in a spreadsheet Madden world without dealing with personalities, the most likely and best option you've got for a Russell Wilson that can't play, let's just assume he's washed and can't play at all, is to mothball him, is to stick him in a corner, pay him his 20, his, his, have him count 25 million against the salary cap for a year, and then make a decision the year after. You can't get rid of him. 
it costs you way too much money to try and get rid of him in the next 12 months. It's basically a non-starter. Yep. And the big caveat here uh, with Russell Wilson is that let's say he is the Broncos want to move on personality, play on the field, et cetera, et cetera. The fifth league day of 2024. So not this upcoming off season, but the next one, he has $38 million of his salary guarantee for the 2025 season, which would mean that your dead cap, it would be 38 million plus more than what it already was going to be with including the, the dead cap already on there. So next, next season, that's the one to watch for right now. That's the date that makes the most sense. Uh, if the Broncos do move on, I am curious if maybe they could work something out where they put on voidable years on there. I know we've seen that with a few contracts here where they spread out dead cap and they're paying for guys, you know, years down the line rather than uh, having the massive dead cap on a couple seasons. But uh, we'll see. The Broncos are in such an unenviable position right now. Uh, it's That's if you keep him, Nick. You can put on voidable years where he's not here, but you're still paying for it. I think the San Francisco or the Saints have done that with a few players as well. Like Taysom Hill had thought that, that that all that all those voidable years zoom up to the front if you if you get rid of him. I don't know. That's I feel the like the dead cap. You can't spread a dead cap across more than two seasons. I think it's the way it works is not it's not dead cap. It's roster salary for somebody who's not there. It's it's a weird caveat in the the law, and it might not even be legal anymore. Well, I promise you, the lawyers are looking into everything they can do right now. Yeah. So we got looking in. We got Rob looking in on us, saying good morning, Nick and Deacon Scott. Great to see some turnovers on the, but the D couldn't close it out. Smack my head. Always love the smack my head reference. Um, we got Juan <laughs> coming in here saying, at this point, Broncos better cut us a check for sticking around and watching this trash. <laughs> We're cutting you guys a check for watching with us on here. No, we appreciate you. Ray J, RJ coming in saying, finally able to catch you all live. Good morning from Charlotte. Good to see you. Um, we have G Travis coming in saying, not sure who I want for the head coach, but I know I don't want a first time head coach. Broncos have luck with uh, that since Dan Reeves. It, I mean, coaching searches, it's really just the luck is a huge part of it. And how the roster set up is a huge part of it. I don't mind if it's a first time head coach. I don't think you should narrow your scope at all. I also don't mind if it's a defensive guy. Just get an adult in the room who has a vision for the team and is actually empowered. Uh, I've talked with a few people close to the Broncos, covering the Broncos in the Broncos, and the phrase least empowered, powerful coach of all time with Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, the From personnel decisions on the offensive side of the ball to what's being run on the offensive side of the ball to now uh, scheming and game decisions. I mean, they what do you do here, Nathaniel Hackett? But part of that was bringing in Russell Wilson. I mean, more details will come out as time moves on, but it sounds pretty wild. The, the level or the lack of power and decision-making Hackett has been given with this team. You can almost see the way he is now. He's, he's out there like a guy with playing on house money. I mean, first of all, I've, I've said a zillion times, if you've watched a show, uh, a lot of y'all are here very often. You've heard me reference uh, Bo Pelini. You know, mm-hmm. why don't why don't guys act more like him? You know, once you've signed a contract, I mean, Nathaniel Haggis probably going to get $50 million for this job somewhere in that neighborhood. Mm-hmm. He'll never have to work again. You know, yeah. to he's out there. I'm like, yeah, I'm doing this. And uh, what 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 was he saying yesterday? Oh, we got it. We got to finish. We got to finish. We got to get better. Starts with me. We got to, you know, it, it, second in verse, same as a first. Uh, it, it's it, it's he's out there playing on house money um, because Again, and I said early, early in the season, he's going to be able to walk into interviews very easily and say, I, I wasn't able to do anything when I was there. They brought in the quarterback. They let him bring in his own 
entourage, his own quarterback coach, his own office. He got a window office. I got stuck in the broom closet next to Melvin in office space. And it's going to be pretty easy for Hackett to go get another job as well, despite this one being such a train Cluster. Wreck. Yeah. Kayleon coming in. Yo, good to see you. Mike Woodward coming in saying, morning, guys. Good to see you, Mike. We appreciate you. We got Todd coming in saying, I don't care anymore. Complete flop of a year. Awful offensive line. Anything anything but reliable kicker. Complete flop of a year. I don't really blame Brandon McManus for missing a 63-yard field goal on that one. Uh, he had some other ones that were clutch, and he made it. However, that's the time you do kick a 63-yard field goal, not on fourth and four with 90 seconds left. Yes. Yep. <laughs> we're not learning. Really, we are really learning. Yeah. And uh, you talk about Russell Wilson having a better game in this one. Uh, I think, again, he, he played – I thought this was clever. Maybe it's not as clever as I think. But he played well enough not to lose, but he didn't play good enough to win. I think there's a difference in that uh, of course. that ability. But, so, But they did lose. So, therefore, yeah. when I'm going through and figuring out what were the main reasons this team lost, I'm not pointing it at Russell Wilson this time. Yeah. I mean, yes, he – Definitely. I mean, there's some misses out there. You talk about like, what are some things that miss Russ missed on? There's a few throws that he missed on. There's a play where he escaped and Cortland Sutton is wide open and he runs it to the line of scrimmage out of bounds. There's the miss to Cortland Sutton where he throws it pretty much in the dirt low and behind him. There's the false start on Russell Wilson. There's audibling with three seconds left on the play clock. And then the Broncos have to use a timeout, which that really would have been nice to have on that final drive of the game. Maybe that's an extra five or eight yards that makes it that much closer for that kick. So uh, there's, he was definitely making unforced errors. Didn't have the best game in this one. The drop back play action pass was the best. I think if you had a little bit more dynamic weaponry out there or Jerry Judy was healthier, you had KJ Hamler gets a lot easier, um, but it's, it's the team right now. It's uh, who they are. Ron Hall Jr. Coming in saying, I'll say it again. The Wilson buy is the largest scam in Broncos. If not NFL history, I don't know about a scam, but it's definitely been a massive bust. Uh, no day, no doubt about that. Luckily the Broncos get their picks back next year, but it's, Man, Broncos right now sending the number three overall pick to the Seahawks in this one because the strength of schedule flipped the Broncos and Rams one. The the Chiefs losing hurt the Broncos schedule a bit, and I think the Rams' uh, common opponents won a bunch. So they flipped, and the, the Seahawks also have what would be the fourth pick in the second round right now from the Broncos. You like seeing Will Anderson in Seattle or Jalen Carter. I really you gotta you gotta hope that the Broncos send a fourth. <laughs> We're really bargaining right now, but um, send the fourth overall pick or lower to Seattle because top three are going to be, I would say right now, Bryce Young, probably going to go one overall. And then it's a coin flip between Jalen Carter and Will Anderson. After that, I think you do not have the truly dynamic, special top of the draft, no doubt any year kind of guys. So if you can give them the fourth pick (laughs) rather than the third pick, I think that makes night and day. And luckily the Broncos, I think have some winnable games coming up against the Cardinals and the Rams which could make a big difference, but uh, in terms of picking third or fourth, but uh, yeah, it sucks. It, there's no doubt about it. It sucks. Uh, Ron Hall coming with some stars. Appreciate oh, it, Ron. Man. Thank you, Ron. Says, I say again, the Wilson bias, the largest scam in Broncos, if not NFL history for what you gave up. And for the contract, we could start putting articles together of the worst deals in NFL history. And I think, the early returns, not even that early anymore, but the returns on this one after most of the season would put you in the argument for sure yeah. of worse deals when you couple, when you put them together like this. Um, I'm sure there were some, you know, some other ones, um, you know, right now, you know, three first round draft picks for Trey Lance looks awfully expensive, but at least it wasn't financially 
as crippling. Mm -hmm. Um, Three second rounders isn't in the same neighborhood for Sam Darnold to move up like two spots. Uh, That was a bad one. That was just dumb. Um, There's been some, there's been some pretty, pretty poor deals out there. This one, this one's not looking good, Ron. I agree with you. Appreciate the stars, my friend. Yeah, we appreciate you. have a good one. Appreciate you coming in. We got Blave Bliss. Morning, everyone. Hope everyone has a good day. We're wearing my December Broncos sweatshirt, so you'll see this one a lot. Don't worry, I wash it between shows, but this will be a it's almost a bit at this point, unfortunately. <laughs> Michael Ronquillo, good morning to see good to see you, Michael. We appreciate you. We got Paul coming in from across the state from me. Hey, Paul, it's out there in Spokane, Washington. Uh, hope things are going well out there on the east side of the state. I have a buddy who's a doctor out there, so been out there a couple times getting some hiking in, in Idaho, hopefully in the near future. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. We appreciate you. We got John Dobbs coming in with a Darth Vader uh, profile picture over there on YouTube saying defense did not come up short at all. They gave up 10 points and multiple turnovers. The offense failed again. Not to get on a whole diatribe again. I'm not going to filibuster Scott, but it was the offense and the special teams. Special teams has been horrible. Uh, Everything besides McManus is just a garbage fire um, on special teams. And they deserve, I mean, Dwayne Stuke scares me as a human being, but he would probably tell you that they're horrible as well. I'm curious to see what his press conference is this week. Because they uh they've they've sucked um uh, and so has the offense. Um, probably John, say that. Yeah, you know I mean, that's the thing is he 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 won't get up there and he'll he'll get up there and say and he'll call out a couple guys. Yep. Uh, but you know, um, Stukes will will take the blame. He'll call out a couple guys and he'll say we've sucked. And he wins the press conferences, that's for sure. But the yep. uh, the the results on the field have not been good. Yep. Uh, John coming in and saying, man, I'm seriously starting to think the stadium fire cursed us this year. I think it was a, it was a harpinger of things to come. Unfortunately, yeah, I think the one. curse was in place and the, 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 yep. the fire was a signal that this team, this particular team happens to be cursed. Yep. We got Ed coming in over on YouTube, Ed West saying, uh, we just stink on all fronts, clean house and try again next year. I can't watch the Seahawks get our first round pick next year's draft. What a joke. Let's ride 250 million man. Yeah, it's rough. They're going to have a high pick, no doubt. It's also the second round pick is rough. I wish we could have just, I'd feel a lot better if we had that second round pick. I mean, the 35th overall pick or whatever it would be, that'd be really nice to have in this uh, upcoming cycle. Alas, uh, here we are. Some people did mention that. I feel dirty saying it to an extent, but Jimmy Garoppolo getting injured maybe helps the Broncos. Maybe the 49ers miss the playoffs or are one and done rather than sending Denver, you know, the 29th overall pick, you get the 22nd. That makes a big difference. Luckily, the Seahawks, and we're cheering for the Seahawks now too, folks. Seahawks have a chance to beat the 49ers in the division. Uh, that's best for the Broncos. As much as we are not Seahawks fans right now, you'd rather have that happen. For the bottom line, uh, we appreciate you. The other thing is I wanted to talk a little bit of positivity with Ed. We stink on all fronts. There's some defensive players that deserve highlighting in this one that we should talk positively about. Uh, Chad Eric coming in here saying this team is damaged goods. Who would want to coach us? <laughs> for this uh, podcasting is a visual All medium, about right? 25 guys who have better jobs right now yep that's that's about it your list is the other how many people are in the world eight billion the other seven billion nine hundred and a thousand it's this is one of the most prestigious jobs in all of sports yep. uh being a head coach of an nfl team 
The money that's involved is life-changing. You will not have any trouble getting people to line up to come, come, come in. I can fix this mess. And you know what? Even if I don't, I'm going to get $50 million to do it. This, this no one will want to coach us thing is, I don't even know the right word. I'm not vocabulary enough to do it, but it's, it's a tunnel vision that people don't really understand just how prestigious these jobs are. It's, it's a dream. It's like, oh, you know, it's, it's a dream for these guys to go in and be head coach. And they're not there. There's, there's going to be people lining up to try and take this job. Is it the ideal situation? No, it's not. Comparatively speaking to maybe, you know, some, some of the other NFL jobs, but it's still one of the best jobs in sports. It's, it's, it will not be a problem getting guys lined up. Will you get your first choice? Maybe not. Yeah. Can you get a qualified candidate? Yes, you can. Will you? That's the bigger question. It'll 100%. be harder to pick the right guy than it will be to find a pool of guys where a right guy is in it. Yep. Yeah, the Broncos, it's still there's it's a head coaching gig. You get massive guaranteed. Uh every single coach has massive hubris. There's no doubt that there's going to be a coach that thinks I can come in here and fix this. Uh so that's something to follow. And also the your your point is correct. The Broncos are not going to be able to, you know, be first in line. They're not going to there's t- coaches out there that are quality enough that they get a pick where they go and teams will fight over them. Sean Payton comes to mind. Mm-hmm. There's a reason that, Oh, why don't we bring in Sean Payton? Sean Payton does not want to be here. He does not want to be with Russell Wilson in this contract. Uh, yeah. But that, so, that's the, that's an exception. You yeah. know, there's, there's maybe two or three people in the entire stratosphere that ha- will have that option. Um, yeah. Ernie may a good big earn coming and says, go Broncos country. Welcome in. Welcome in. And I believe Ron Hall has come in with some more stars. Says, who could the Broncos legitimately give up to move up in the draft? Ron, that's actually something we haven't really talked a lot about is trying to move up in the draft. I just because I, I think you want to move down and accumulate yep. some spots to have more cost control players on rookie contracts and fill more holes. You know, I can yep. fix the interior lines with more spots on rounds two, three, or four. Um I could probably get a right tackle in in the in the second round. If if you were to say, Nick, I'll give you two seconds and a third for your first rounder, you'd take it, wouldn't you? A hundred percent. Yeah. Yep. Um, it, but think- you know, who, who would you give up? I mean, your 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 most tradable asset right now, without a doubt, without a question, that would fetch you two first rounders is Pat Sertan. And that's not happening. No. That's not happening. There's not a lot of guys you could throw in right now that would move you up. 15 spots in the NFL draft the, to do that. It would cost you another first round pick. That's how expensive it is to move up in the yeah. NFL draft. If you're moving up, it's like moving up from round four to round three. Mm-hmm. Those are the type of move ups you're going to see. And we keep talking about it on here. The Russell Wilson potential dead cap hit means that you are going to have, you're going to be thin for a little bit. And what does that mean? You need more young cost controlled players. I think it's exponentially more likely the Broncos trade down from the first round than it is they trade up. Now, I guess you can make a small trade up if there's somebody you love that moves up, but that's, I would really suggest against that because there's always, there's, there's, I forget what the fallacy is called, but you have like almost a hubris that, oh, we made the right call. We're going to move up and give picks because we know if we get that guy, it's going to be the right one. Well, if you're giving up those picks, you're not, there's not a chance that you're, or there's, how do I put it? There is not a, better chance that you're going to hit that guy still just moving up that small margin. So it's better to stick back and roll your odds with where you're at rather than moving up a few spots. In my opinion, especially with where you're at with right now in the deficit of cap hit and draft picks that you have in this class. Coach Chris coming up here, $20 saying serious issues of on our offense. 
no doubt. Only reason Russ looked okay was due to broken coverages. There were some good throws in there, and some of it was by play design. There was some nice design in there on those plays. Uh, Russ and our coaches have lost this team. No energy, no speed, no heart. This has been a long season. Not sure where we go from here. <clears throat> I think that you got to get a lot better at running the damn football. Uh, you, I think the Broncos are, I think they were fine in being God, selfish, I guess that's not the right word, but like continuing to run the football, even though it wasn't working very well. Cause I think you have to protect Russell Wilson in that regard and then lean into the play action. All these big passes came on play action in this game. So I think that you need to really lean into the run personnel uh, going forward. That includes offensive line. That includes probably paying or drafting a running back decently high. Cause you don't know what you're going to get with Javante Williams next year. And that should open things up a bit. And you might be able to field a bottom 15 offense, bottom 10 offense versus the worst offense in the league. If you can be average to above average in rushing the football. Well, and you were already investing money in the running back room before you're flushing $5 million from the 2022 salary cap from your running back room. So you can invest some into, into the running back position without Melvin Gordon, without Mike Boone. Yeah. Uh, you were overpaying your running back spots the last couple of seasons for sure. Um, and, and Chris, you know, I agree. The only reason Russell good was due to broken coverages. I would, I wouldn't say the only reason, um, but you know, also the game plan was dumbed down to the point where it was short, easy throws. Um, any, it was, it was 8.6 yards per attempt, which is solid, but that helps because he was completing most of them, which isn't a necessarily a bad thing. And you can do that if your running game's going, you know, mm -hmm. you can, in, in the other part of this is. I don't see any, maybe Jerry Judy. I don't see any uh, yak guys yards At after all. the catch. It is At catch all. tackle. It's like the whole team turned into Noah fan catch tackle. Yep. Man, there's, there's no, there's no dynamics mm -hmm. out there on offense. You know, when, when Javante goes down, Judy's been meh KJ Hamler. You know, we talked about him, whatever you get from him could be a bonus this year because of the, the injuries the guys that you're counting on Sutton's not that guy. Sutton's a guy I'm going to go to when it's third and 12 and I need to get 15 yards. That's Sutton. That's Patrick. Where else are your, where are your playmakers and do something after the catch? Yep. They're, they're not happening right now. Not to get the eye roll from the chat here, but there is a stat at some point we'll go over it this off season, but it's yards after catch over expected. So they take all of every <laughs> single catch of somebody's. <laughs> Yaki. And thanks, Chris. We appreciate your support as always. Yeah, you little yakety yak. But I, I would imagine the Broncos are probably bottom of the NFL in yards after catch over expected. And I think one of the main reasons here is A, Russell Wilson struggles in the timing and the accuracy of the quick game. I mean, forget throwing balls that are feathery that a wide receiver or running back tight end can take after the catch and do something with. Uh, he's not even getting them super accurate where the guy can catch the ball. But also in those like throws out to the, the flat, I mean, how many times have we seen Latavius Murray or any of these running backs in space make a guy miss? It's just, it's not happening. So you need some dynamism uh, from that position. No doubt. If the Broncos are going to continue to run this offense with Russell Wilson, we got Adam coming in saying, what's up another morning in the life of a Broncos fan. Another day closer to the Broncos are being relevant again, right? That's uh, all we can say right now. Um, M pack coming in here saying, how can we elevate Wilson's play? Broncos are falling short. I, I think you really have to lean into the run game this off season, get some maulers up front on the offensive line on the interior specifically. I think Russell Wilson. And again, I'll give him credit in this game. I hounded him against the Panthers for his inability to step up in the pocket. Both of his big passes in this game, a, they came on play action, but he climbed the ladder in, in it to, uh, to create by himself time, get a little bit more, accuracy on the football, a little bit more velocity and uh, being able to climb the pocket was huge for him. 
So I think not only protecting him in that regard where he can climb the pocket, but also the run game. Uh, I think you got to invest over what most teams would for the interior to function uh, with Russell Wilson because the run game and the ability to step up and anchor and give him throwing lanes. Let me see. I had it on here. There was one of them. Uh, it, was, it was a third and 11 um, that he had. He had good protection. He stepped up and he hit Dulcich, I think, on, on one of those throws. Any big play seemed to go to Dulcich. Yeah. But, you know, impact, I, I agree. You know, that's that, that's part of it. You know, I, I've said for most of the season, and I'll, I'll stay on this, is if your offensive line is broken, it's hard for me to tell what else is what else is wrong. Yeah, um, especially in this you game. You know, it's, it's, I can't evaluate Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson. If I don't, if my, if my offensive line is performing this poorly, then, I mean, that's, that, that goes up to Hackett. Um for sure. I mean, he's the one that hires the coaches and that's, that's part of his job and to be in communication with your general manager to say, listen, I, I need some help here. Our, our offensive line stinks, but I, I agree with you on this. So, and that's where the hope is. The hope is next year, the interior offensive line shouldn't be hard to make better. I'm not saying to fix, that's not the right word, but I can get improvements out of my interior mm-hmm. offensive line pretty easily. Um, without, you know, needing big money and and high draft picks. So once you do that, now let's get Patrick back. Let's, you know, get some, I might need another wide receiver, need Javante Williams back, hopefully. Now let's see how Russ plays. I agree with you on that one um, for sure. Real quick on this, I'm going to change the subject completely, Nick. Um, Getting back to the defense a little bit, with uh, Falele out there, the Broncos should have been attacking him the entire time he is completely immobile at left tackle he's 400 pounds um he's a guy we talked about in the draft cycle i'm like maybe right tackle and i don't know if he's bendy enough to play guard um yeah. i just don't know he, he and he was out there and he looked bad yeah he looked him. bad and there was one play in particular on a third down and it ended up being a passing play i think it was on the last drive the right edge could have been cooper could have been uh Martin, I'm not sure, but drops back in coverage. And and Uzarike is the one that's going against Falele. Well, you just Falele is, oh God, thank you. A 330-pound guy I can get my hands on. Love it. You know, Baron Browning was feasting over there on that side. And, you yeah. know, just when you've got a mismatch like that with a replacement guy, man, go at him. He had no chance to stop your speed rushers. And he's frankly, he's not a great run blocker because he's just immobile he's just huge yeah yeah you're right uh that last drive i wish they'd have been a little bit more aggressive but credit credit to tyler huntley and also the broncos making uh dumb penalties execution errors yep i mean if sertan's nameplate read uh gardner then maybe that wouldn't have been a pass interference on the left side of the field but uh got to get your head around you had i mean you play better technique there the ball hit him in the back i mean you're running into the guy, you turn around, you play a little bit better technique. You have a chance to make a play on the ball that you expect your all pro caliber cornerback to not make that penalty there in that moment. And he did, uh, is what it is. And also the Pat, the Alex Singleton penalty. It's, it's too bad because Singleton had such an incredible game. And so did Josie Jewell. Both. I saw not to, I know we're on broadcasting on Facebook. I saw some commenter on Facebook, you know, Josie Jewell's horrible. What do you do? Only 17 tackles and was never out of position and made a lot of tackles immediately as soon as the ball came in his area. But, you know, I don't know. I don't know what you expect from the linebacker position. Um, the penalty was we, I mean, it was pass interference. They don't call it on everybody. For some reason, they can't seem to get that consistently out there, but that was 
pass interference. He ran into the receiver and didn't turn around. Unless you're talking about the Alex Singleton one, which you got to be smarter in that moment. But the Broncos, I mean, they lost that one. The, the was 16 play, 91 yard uh, drive to end the game. You give up that touchdown at the end, and you made multiple boneheaded penalties to get them down the field. I mean, if you had only four penalties for 45 yards on the game, but most of them came in the last drive. Here you are. It's a it's a loss at the end, and uh, I'm not going to sit here and <coughs> gaslight the defense. They played good enough to win two turnovers mm-hmm. and whatnot. It's not their fault, but that was the assignment in this one, and they uh, they made a they didn't come up and answer the call at the end, and they and their margins are so small. It sucks, but it's where we are. No, Chad Chad has been talking all year about you know the defense falling down when it matters and all this type of stuff. And before we went on air yesterday, gaslighting. <laughs> I uh, I yell at him. I'm like, if you say I'm gonna lose it, if you put this on the defense, I'm gonna lose it. I said, you know, there's so many times where a first down wins this game or anything from the offense. You know, how many times? Oh, they collapsed when it mattered. I'm like that's because the offense missed 50 opportunities to put the game away, and yeah. you're gonna say defense. But and then I started thinking about. It. I'm like, it, it is okay to state a fact. The defense collapsed on the last drive. Okay, that's a fact. Mm-hmm. That doesn't necessarily mean I'm blaming the defense. And at first I started thinking, okay, what's a good analogy for this? It's like my pitcher throws, gives up a home run to lose 1-0 on his 105th pitch in the ninth inning, and I'm blaming the pitcher. That's one. But then I started thinking, all right, I'm a boxer, and a guy gets tagged on the chin and his legs get wobbly and go out from under him, and I say he needs to do more squat work because he's got wobbly legs. No, you went down because you got tagged on the freaking chin. So it is possible to state a fact. The defense did not come up big. They did. They they collapsed on the final drive without assigning blame. I don't mm-hmm. blame the defense for this. They gave up ten points a freaking game and took the ball. The offense had multiple, multiple, multiple opportunities to put this game away. Yep. The defense is fine. I'm not trying to fix the damn defense. Yep. I agree. And we got Glenn Hare coming in here saying morning fellows. Sertan will still make the pro bowl after two rough weeks in an all pro. Uh, I don't know if he's probably not going to be an all pro after these last three weeks and how bad the Broncos are, but he's still really talented as far as making the pro bowl. I know he's not in the top 10 voting from the fan vote right now, which is just stupid, but he's going to get in. Uh, they'll do the fan vote or whatever. They'll, they'll rectify that. Um, the Broncos have no players right now in the top 10 uh, surprises me. I know Justin Simmons has been hurt this year, but I think he'll probably end up, backing his way into it as well, especially with this two interception game. Although the Broncos who's watching the Broncos right now, besides the teams that are playing them in half of Broncos country at this point. So maybe people aren't <laughs> catching that, but uh, it's definitely rough. I do want to talk, you know, positives in this game though. Uh, again, it's all on the defense side of the ball. I guess we'll give a little bit of credit to McManus. Uh, Greg Dulcich as well had a good game and also credit to Jerry Judy, not hundred percent. He only played, I think 25% of the snaps. The offense looked significantly better when he was out there. Uh, so hopefully he'll be that much healthier down the stretch here so we can kind of evaluate and get some chemistry going between Judy and Russell Wilson for next season. But I thought that the defense overall had a pretty, pretty darn good game. And we got Ron coming in first with stars before we get into the positives of the defense. And I think we've talked to the horse's mouth for how bad the O has been. Let's talk about how good the D has been. Oh, perfect. Uh, short of some right mistakes. Perfect. On the defensive side of the ball, not giving out game balls or anything, but uh, somebody I've been pretty hard on and he's played his best two games of the year these last two weeks in my opinion Deshaun Williams um having some good football moments out there these last two weeks I think he had two sacks in this game um credit to Israel Evero too I think he does as good a job as anybody in isolating pass rushers in one-on-one situations with how he dials up pressure uh that's why and you see those advanced analytic graphics 
Draymond Jones is like number three in pass rush win rate, but like bottom five in uh, double team rate. It's because that's an Ejiro Evero stat on that one because he's isolating these guys with how he's dialing up blitzes and whatnot, a lot with the penny front and also the three, four front. So credit to him on that one. And Deshaun Williams thought had a credit, an amazing game. The other two, I don't know how you can talk about this game without talking about the linebackers, 17 tackles each. I know Singleton made the bad penalty there at the end, uh, but uh, they both deserve credit in this one. And if there's ever been an argument for not taking a linebacker early in the draft and using those resources, it's Josie Jewell, fourth round pick signed decently cheap in Singleton. These guys are playing high level football right now. You're not asking them to reinvent the wheel, but they are doing a really good job for what they're being asked. Well, and there's less positions available. You know, you're not out there. A three, four isn't necessarily in four and four linebackers anymore. It's two edges and yeah. two inside linebackers. So when you're talking about inside linebackers, teams may only carry two of them anymore, you know, because they've been devalued. There's not, you don't need six to eight linebackers on your team like you did 25 years ago. So the, there's more supply and less demand, which means price goes down. So I agree with you 100%, Nick. Yep. Just, I know that everybody loves the linebacker position, but you had two first rounders out there. Well, a lot of me. the folks watching are close to my age, and the linebacker position was romanticized in the 70s and 80s. You said and it. You know, you said again, it I grew up with Mike Singletary and, yeah. you know, guys like and Brian Urlacher and guys like that. It's, uh, it was different, especially yeah. at outside. I mean, LT at outside linebacker, it was an edge, but, you know, linebacker position and running linebackers and running backs, that's, that were that's where the game, those were the glamour positions, except quarterback, of course. Glamour positions for Gen Xers. And there's a lot of us around. Yep. It's uh definitely a position that I don't think you need to invest in. Um, and I'm glad the Broncos did in hindsight. Uh with that one. These guys look pretty good. And you know, if there's one day two or early day three you want to invest in, that's fine. But I don't think it's one you need to over invest in. Just get a smart guy who's in the right place that's a character player out there and you know, don't make him do too much and it's good. Uh, but uh, talking about the defense here, some other positives in this one. So we talked about Deshaun Williams, both linebackers had awesome games uh, in this one. Besides the penalty, I thought that Damari Mathis also had a really good game. He comes downhill with such tenacity and velocity on some of those hits that I'm surprised that he can make the tackles at some point. Somebody's going to throw a floater out there and he's going to kill somebody, but I've been really impressed with Damari Mathis to the extent that I think that what is it? The 10 million, $12 million savings you can get from moving on from Ronald Darby. It's probably something where you need to move the cap around to invest elsewhere uh, because he's been playing so well. I think he deserves that shot next season to be starting. Now maybe it's more of a slot position and you bring in somebody cheap or another rookie or something to compete on the outside uh, to get another body in there. Cause we haven't seen Michael Ojemudi at all. He's a free agent at the end of the year, but Mathis I thought had a really good game, not the best competition out there for the wide receivers that the Ravens had, but still good job. Mathis. When we talk about restructuring, Ronald Darby is one of those guys. Graham Glasgow is an obvious one. Yeah. Uh, but Ronald Darby is one of those also, you know, he's got a $3 million dead cap. He's got a $13 million cap hit. So he's vulnerable. It's 10 million savings if you move on from him. But do you say, hey, you bring him in, say, you're your options. Six and a half or we cut you. You know, and he might take coming off an injury. You might say, okay, uh, Ronald Darby has agreed to a pay cut. You know, yeah, it was either that or getting cut. Um, so he's he is definitely a place that uh, that you can you can get some savings for sure. And I'm curious if it's something where like you can eat some of the contract and maybe trade him for a six round pick to somebody else. I mean, even like that's not a lot, no doubt, but teams need cornerbacks and he was playing at a pretty good level out there. 
And I could see a team that's a contender maybe being interested for him for You're already eating teams. three million in dead cap if you move him. I'd eat more to to, to get. Yeah, the but it's like you know six million dollars. You might as that's a lot of money to trade for a, a super low draft pick. I think you might even be saving long term though, uh, in terms of a roster cap, a roster spot on there um, to get that extra pick to have a shot at a potential contract guy, which you might need if you're moving on from Russell Wilson. And that's also another thing you talk about Russell Wilson's cap hit being lower next year. I'm curious, especially if the Broncos fire George Payton and Nathaniel Hackett, if Denver goes somewhat cheap next year, um, why cap rollover, you can somewhat limit that dead cap hit hurting as much if you don't spend to the max next season, because then you can roll over some of that cap. So it will be uh, extremely interesting to follow uh, for the Broncos going forward on that. And we got a lot of, uh, <laughs> we got a lot of linebackers being named in the chat right now. Sorry. I must've triggered some folks talking about uh, yeah, his cap hit. Russell Wilson's cap hit. We talk about restructuring. I mean, in a sense he did restructure with that extension because his cap hit next year is only $22 yeah. million. Yeah. That's low. Yeah. It's uh, certainly low. I'm curious if you can rework some of that. I think the Broncos would have the ability to restructure the contract, put more guarantees on 2023 and that would lower the dead cap cap hit on 2024 slash 2025. So it's going to be interesting. Um, the Broncos have smarter people than I do that are working these contract things uh, that can work that out, but uh, we'll see uh, as we wrap it up here. It's already seven 30, my time, eight 30 mountain time. Uh, any final thoughts on this game? I'm really glad that you mentioned to Chad about not piling on the defense or gaslighting <laughs> them at this point saying now they have no margin for error and they'll go out there and say the right thing and fall on the sword, but they didn't lose this game, especially oh, teams in the Lord. offense. Lost oh, when is this defense collapse again? When are they going to finish finish? The game should have been finished 10 times by then. For God's sakes, you give a tough team long a team long enough and as many chances to hang around and win a game. They will. Yep. Anyway. Yeah, final thought here on the defense. Um, just kind of, they played good enough to win this game, no doubt. Obviously, it was a backup quarterback, that Ravens team. I said it all week. I didn't respect their offense at all, and I look to be pretty right on that one. A lot of people saying the Broncos are going to get blown out in this one. I'm like, have you watched this Ravens team? They suck on offense right now. Did enough to beat the worst Broncos, but still. Um, two thoughts on this game uh, before we get out here on the defensive side of the ball. Number one, Nash coming in number one, saying 1999. This is the worst I felt of a Bronco fan in any stretch, most because of the lack of improvement with Wilson. So painful. It's also because we don't have the optimism of like, okay, we suck, but we're going to have a top three pick and there's going to be a fun player coming in. Yeah, you're not getting rewarded for losing, which is how the NFL tries to keep you involved. You know, your, your reward for losing right now is, is gone. You're just losing, mm -hmm. which sucks. And yeah. that, that we talk about the importance of hope yeah. and your hope for the future is taking a dash. There's still plenty of hope, but the big one is, Man, I could sprinkle in Jalen Carter or Willie Anderson into this team next year. Hmm. I'm yeah. interested. Yep. Really interested. Um, and you, instead, it's, it's a little different. It's not quite as tangible when you're talking about who could I get at 28 yeah. as a top five. That's very painful. No Nosh, doubt. Thank you so much, yeah. sir. God, man. Thank you so much. Making it worthwhile for us. I need to find my Broncos Christmas hat at some point before the season's over. But uh, final points I was going to make on the defense. Two thoughts that I had. And again, we're not gaslighting the defense here. They did enough to win. Cream Jackson is so slow at this point. He's somebody that I, somebody asked earlier in the chat. Where's Caden Stearns? He has a hip injury. I don't think we're going to see him again this season with that. But Cream Jackson is a liability anytime he's isolated in coverage in this defense, which really limits the type of coverages you can call and the pass rush you can call anytime that he's dialed up in a man coverage teams are targeting him right now. And he's can't close in space. So he's 
he's not very good at this point. It's really rough. Uh, the other one is you talked about it, the Broncos. Okay. They can't close this game out. That to me is a, you don't have a closer on the pass rush right now. You do not have a player right now that I think is a alpha, you know, one level pass rusher. You, you had that with Bradley Chubb, especially with how he's playing this season. I mean, God, he's been awesome for the dolphins. Uh, you had that somewhat with Gregory. I think Baron Browning's a very good edge rusher, but I think he's a good number two. I don't think he's you. He wants to build the defensive pressure around his ability. I think he's more of a complimentary guy. And you saw that. I mean, if the Broncos had Randy Gregory or Bradley Chubb in this last game, maybe you get that play to end the game and you win. Cause you have that guy who can make that play. I mean, we saw it time and time again with Von Miller, even when the Broncos were losing, if you had a chance to close the game out and you needed that one play from the defense, Von was able to do that. I don't think you have that guy right now on this defense, just as a, a closer, no doubt, this guy's going to pin his ears back and make the play pass rusher. Well, you held the team to 10 points Yep. without Randy Gregory, without Bradley Chubb. You know, your two difference makers, like you're saying out there, will you get, and the thing is, is will you ever get the best out of Randy Gregory Probably for more not. than half a season? Nope. You know, that, that's someone you move on from in 2024, talk about cap savings. Um, the cap savings will be there. His deal was basically set up as a two-year deal mm-hmm. and you will move on. So what the third year for him is when it switches, he's on injured reserve next year. He takes a pretty big cap hit. I mentioned Russell Wilson doesn't have much of a cap hit, but Randy Gregory does his cap hit jumps to 16 next year, but 2024, if, and when you need to make that decision on Russell Wilson and eat some space, his cap it is 16. His dead cap is only six. So $10 million in savings by not having Randy Gregory around in 2024. Yep. And again, this is not gas on defense. This is more big picture. This team maybe lacks that closer edge rusher. And you have a very expensive contract in Randy Gregory that becomes easy to move on from. And final point on that one, Nick Benito only played one freaking snap in this game, despite being healthy and active, which is just laughable for your 64th overall pick, even though he's rotation. Yeah, he would have been perfect against Falele on that last drive. Speed rusher is going to kill Falele. Kill yeah, him. I, I think they trust him so little, and I think there might be some issues there as far as the homework film study side of things um, from what I've been picking up uh, from Benito. So this this is all a long about way to say that maybe edge rusher is more of a possibility in the first round for the Broncos this year than people would think on the surface. Yes, we need offense. Yes, I know that. But you can get cheaper and better there and then allocate resources to the offense elsewhere it's one of those things you know why would you draft a cornerback early when you need offense well i can create 12 million in cap space by moving on from ronald darby why would you draft an edge rusher early well we can move on from randy gregory and then free up 10 million dollars to use on the offense so all those things kind of have to set up in a roundabout way to improving the offense but you can get younger and cheaper on the defense so that way you can inject other resources into the offense all right, we're at a minute and two, and I got a sneeze attack about to come okay. on. So. so I'll wrap it on up. <laughs> why, don't you, why don't you get us out of here? Uh, yep. Maybe I'll maybe I'll uh, stumble here down the gates with the last you know minute of the game. Get, allow a ninety-one yard drive. No, it's not on the defense, folks. Definitely not. Uh, appreciate everyone coming in today. Uh, make sure you're following Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy. I'm at Nick Kendall MHH. Also, make sure you're following us at BFB underscore Pod. And at Mile High Huddle. If you haven't done so yet, join us at Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle and Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle Pod. And as the ticker says underneath there, if you're joining us on YouTube today, please subscribe, like, and share. Hit those like buttons on the way out. We appreciate the heck out of you guys coming in. Uh, Naj, uh, Ethan, everybody coming in. Coach coming in also with the uh, the big support. Uh, everybody over on Facebook, Coach Chris, uh, thank you so much for making this season much more palatable for us. Uh, it's been a rough year, but 
again, oh, one day closer to the Broncos being competent once again, no doubt <laughs> in my mind. Uh, appreciate you so much. Everyone have a great day. We will see you live again tomorrow morning. Scott and I will for another episode of Broncos for Breakfast. And you can join uh, Chad and Zach tonight. Uh, everyone have a good one. Continue to choose compassion and kindness. Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. <laughs>